Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. We have another wonderful life study with Jacob ahead of us. And joining us to fellowship and open it up is Ron Kangas. Ron, welcome back today. It's nice to see you again. It's a pleasure as always to fellowship with you in in the living Word of God. This Word has been very living. These life studies have been wonderful. Ron, we've been with Jacob at Bethel for quite some time. But today, Jacob leaves Bethel and has two very profound experiences— the death of his beloved Rachel, and the birth of his beloved son, Benjamin. Ron, this message today deals with Jacob's natural choice. What do we mean by this term, natural choice? Natural choice is related to our human preferences concerning the fulfillment of our human needs. Choice obviously indicates a decision, a preference, uh, an inclination, uh, especially a desire. And natural indicates that this is a kind of choice that issues from not the life of God within the believers, but from our humanity. It's related to nothing sinful, nothing worldly, but just to our created humanity. We all, because of our deep human needs, have preferences. And according to these preferences, we have our natural choices. In particular matters such as marriage, for instance, these natural choices have their source in the desire of our heart. So by natural choice, we mean a decision or a preference that expresses our heart's desire. Thank you, Ron. Let's join Witness Lee with our life study today from Genesis chapter 35. We have to see after the experience at Basel, Jacob was still journeying on. Well, he was journeying on after Bethel. Something happened to him. This something is very <clears throat> interesting. On the one hand, it is a matter of death, right? And on the other hand, it is a matter of birth, right? One thing happened with two things resulted. The birth and the death and the death, and the birth. In other words, Jacob lost one and gained one. How about this? Jacob lost his dear wife, and he gained the last son of the twelve. Without death, there's no resurrection. Without loss, there's no gain. If Rachel 
would not go. Benjamin would never come. Rachel represents Jacob's natural choice. Uh -huh. Yes, Jacob had uh, four wives, but only Rachel was his natural, original choice. Jacob's heart was there. Before the experience of Basil, God tolerated. God tolerated with you. God let you uh, keep your natural choice. God uh, let you have your heart desire. But listen to this. After Basil, oh, uh -huh. After the church experiences, all the natural choice has to go. At least a number of us all can testify. My, before we experience the church life, whatever we had, according to our natural concept, natural choice, our heart desire was still there. Rachel brought forth Joseph. You see, I do believe when Joseph was born, Jacob was happy. But after Basil, Radio Bible, we all have to believe the Bible is always with a purpose. Right? After Basil, right away, well, Jacob was journeying on with a lot of joy. In seeing Rachel pregnant again, he was heavy, my goodness. Oh, my beloved wife is going to have a second boy. He was happy. While Rachel was giving the delivery of another child, she was dying. And eventually this hard desire was gone. And this natural choice was cut off. Check with your experience. After the church life experience, I tell you, all your natural choice has to go. Before you came in the church, <laughs> such a thing was still there. God tolerated that. But after the experience of church life, to such an extent, no. Ron, there is a marvelous lesson here in this portion. Jacob gained something very precious, but lost the natural desire of his heart. What is the significance of Rachel dying after Jacob's experience at Bethel? Jacob's experience at Bethel signifies our experiences in the divine life in the context of the church life. Bethel is the house of God, and we know from 1 Timothy 3 that the house of the living God is the church. We may, in fact, we all do come into the church life with our natural choices and preferences. But if we are to go on to maturity in the divine life, 
And if our life is to contribute to the building up of the body of Christ, after we've had experiences in the church life, that is, at Bethel, we must experience the loss of our Rachel, the loss of our natural choice. If we stay in the church life, yet cling to our natural preferences, there is no way for us to advance in the growth in life, and there's no way for Christ to be brought forth for the building up of the body. But this kind of experience can only happen after we have been at Bethel, after we have had a certain foundational preparation in the divine life and in the church life. Thank you, Ron. Let's rejoin Witness Lee with more of today's life study. Benjamin, I tell you, is a full type of Christ. Benjamin, this child, got two names. One from his mother and one from his father. I like these two names. The mother says uh, his name is Benone. That means what? The son of sorrow. But right away, the father said his name must be Benjamin. This is not the son of sorrow only, but this is also the son of the right hand. You have to admire at the Bible. Marvelous. Marvelous. You just tell me in this whole universe, who is the one that on the one hand is the son of sorrow, and on the other hand is the son of the right hand? Christ, on the one hand, is Ben-Oni. And on the other hand, he's also Benjamin. Christ is such a person with two wonderful aspects. No one has ever suffered so much sorrow as Christ did. And no one has ever ascended so high as Christ. Christ today is at the right hand of God. And Isaiah 53 does say he is a man of sorrow. Now, suppose you are Jacob. Do you want to gain this Christ by losing your heart desire? As long as you stay in the church and experience Bethel. After you set up the pillar and pour yourself upon it as a drink offering, I tell you, you will have no choice. Rachel has to go. That Benjamin may come. I tell you, through the church life, Rachel, she has to go. That this wonderful Christ may come. You just tell me why Rachel didn't die before the experience of Bethel. Why? Don't you believe it was sovereign of God? Rachel gave a name full of disappointment. The son of sorrow. But Jacob changed the name right away. A name full of encouragement. Not the son of sorrow, but the son of the right hand. 
What a faith. And what a hope. After the experience of Basil, I tell you, here you have a transformed person. Do you know the Bible first time called Jacob? Israel is here in verse 21. After this delivery, the death and the birth, verse 21 says, and Israel journeyed. Not Jacob. And now he was really a fully transformed person. He was no more Jacob. He became absolutely Israel. His name was changed to Israel from Jacob, but he was never actually called Israel before this verse. Well, Ron, Benjamin, the son born of the suffering and loss of Rachel, is a beautiful type of Christ, isn't he? He surely is a lovely picture of Christ. Can you say a little more about the significance of the two names that he received? As we know, Rachel, in dying and in sorrow, named her second son Benoni, son of sorrow. This typifies Christ as the man of sorrows portrayed in Isaiah 53. Only the Father can measure the depth of his son's suffering. But Jacob, now known as Israel, changed the name from Benoni to Benjamin, son of the right hand. This typifies Christ in another aspect, Christ as the one exalted by God to his right hand. We need to know Christ both as Benoni and as Benjamin. As long as we're on the subject of name changes, I thought it was also interesting that the change of Jacob's name to Israel, which we have talked about before, is mentioned also in this context. How does this tie in to what we're seeing today? Although Jacob's name was changed to Israel prior to this, this is the first time he is actually, in the narrative, called Israel. This is very significant because in this experience... Jacob truly lived as an Israel, as a transformed person. He had been thoroughly transformed by this time, so that in the midst of a great loss, he would not live like a natural person, but he would live the life of a transformed believer. And in the midst of his sorrow, he would say, in effect, No, his name will not be Benoni. His name will be Benjamin. Only one whose name has been changed by God through transformation can change the name, so to speak, of his situation and recognize this is something under God's sovereignty to bring forth something wonderful. All of us, if we're natural, would have a natural view of this loss, but a transformed person has a divine view. In brief, it takes an Israel to change the name from Benoni to Benjamin. Ron, these messages have become a real encouragement to me, as I know they are to so many 
we've seen so many circumstances befall Jacob, but we are really now beginning to see a changed person, aren't we? He is changed at a very deep and profound level. We have to remember the loss here was the loss of his heart's desire embodied in Rachel. He paid a great price to have her. He treasured his life with her. He prized the sons brought forth by her. Now he is experiencing the greatest loss of his whole life. And humanly, he feels it. Yet in the midst of it, he lives not by his natural life, but by the divine life which has been transforming him. This is a beautiful and encouraging picture that sooner or later, we who are Jacob's will become Israel's. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of this life study. According to God's ordination, Anything natural that is not wrong. Marriage life is natural, but ordained by God. To eat is natural. And uh, to put on clothing, to be clothed, is also natural. Right? We need eating, we need clothing. All these are natural necessities. And all these are also ordained by God. But God ordained marriage. God ordained eating. God ordained clothing. God also ordained sleeping. The point is this. This is altogether not some kind of vain record. We all have to believe such a record must be full of spiritual meaning. Full of spiritual meaning. I say this, God ordained us to have our natural choice. God ordained this. But listen to this, our natural choice would and will be frustrated under God's sovereignty. God would not let Jacob have Rachel according to Jacob's Time and Jacob's way. God ordained Rachel for Jacob. Whomsoever was brought forth by Rachel was a type of Christ. Her two sons, both of them, all were types of Christ. So, in typology, it means the bringing forth of Rachel's life is Christ. The book of Genesis issues in Christ with power, with authority. That is Joseph. You see, the whole book of Genesis issues in this one thing. From Adam, you go on and on and on through so many persons. Eventually, you reach at Joseph, one on the throne, with authority to administrate life supply to all the people. This is the issue of the whole book. And this issue comes out directly of what? This issue 
comes out directly of Jacob's experience with Rachel. Without Rachel, without Jacob's experience with Rachel, I tell you, both Benjamin and Joseph could never come into existence. You see, the issue of the whole book huh, comes out of the proper experience of Jacob with Rachel. And what is the experience of Jacob with Rachel? That is, all our natural choice is ordained by God, but <laughs> it will not be according to our way in our time. We all are ordained. All our daily needs are ordained by God. All our necessities are ordained by God. But don't expect to get anything according to your way at your time. No. That could never bring forth Christ. In order for you to be used in the hand of God to bring forth Christ, I tell you, your necessities will be yours, not according to your way, but according to his way. Not at your time, but at his time. Ron, it's clear that we all have natural needs and desires. And it seems to me that God, in a very real sense, is responsible in creation for the existence of these needs. According to the word we've had today, God will give us our natural choices and desires, but not in our way or in our time. What does this mean? To respond to this, I would point out the fundamental fact that we're here on this earth for God and for God's economy. Our existence is not an end in itself. We're here on purpose. Now, in our human existence, we have certain definite needs We need to be married, we need employment, we need to maintain our health, we need so many things. And regarding these needs, we have choices. And it's not wrong to have choices, it's not wrong to have needs, and it's not wrong to have a natural preference. The Lord knows what our need is. He knows what our heart's desire is. And in so many cases, as he did with Jacob and Rachel, he will fulfill them. But he fulfills them in relation to his purpose. His purpose is not simply to dole out physical blessings or merely to meet our need. His purpose is to bring forth Christ. If we allow the Lord to meet our need in his way and in his time, not in our way nor in our time. Christ will be brought forth for the building of the body of Christ. Thank you, Ron, for this clear fellowship and a clear and direct word. This has been a wonderful life study. I appreciate your being part of it. Thank you very much. May the Spirit speak to the hearts of our listeners Words that human beings simply cannot say. There is something profoundly touching here. May the Lord find hearts that are open enough 
to the God of love to receive this precious word that in these dear ones Christ will be brought forth for the fulfillment of the Father's heart's desire. Ron, I would simply like to add my amen. You have been listening to The Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge.